श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री ठाकुर भक्तिनाथ की जाय श्री नवदीप भावतरानंद की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रमाण Pranam to all of you. Good afternoon. Good evening. Thanks so much for coming. And as Madam Gopal Prabhu announced, we are continuing with a series of lectures we have begun last weekend, speaking on Bhaktivinoda Thakur's prayers to Sri Narasimhadev in the context of the Ragamark or the path of passionate. Love that follows in the wake of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. So it's a very, very nuanced and interesting approach since sometimes Nusim Hadeb may be not necessarily conceived in connection to that type of prospect, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur has really brought to, to, to light how, as Raga Bhaktas or perspective, perspective you say, Raga Bhaktas, we can also embrace hmm, this particular face of divinity called Srini hmm, Srimhadev, Srinara Hari. So we have already studied three of the five of these prayers, so today and tomorrow we will be concluding our series, concluding quote-unquote, never possible to do that, but somehow or other, formally concluding. <laughs> so a brief recap from our last meeting, which was last Sunday, we studied the third prayer of Bhaktivinotaku where he was praying to Srimhadev in the context of Prahlad Maharaj and all that Prahlad represents, or at least something that Prahlad represents in the context of Abhai, Abhai, which means non-bhai, non-fear, fearless, basically. So Thakur Bhaktivinotaku was praying, please make me fearless, which is a whole big topic in itself, fear, <laughs> especially in connection with the Raga Mark, which is ideally nothing about fear, but at the same time being honest and sincere in our Sadaka project, at some point we maybe have to acknowledge that there is some fear still in our flowing and floating in our DNA, if you will. <laughs> we have to know what to do with that. In the context of how to become players in, in the Ragamark. So he was praying for make me fearless, make me up high. And generally as we spoke, we speak, we generally are quite fearful concerning those things that are unknown to us. We are fearful about the unknown. The very fact that we don't know something makes us a little bit like uncomfortable, a little bit, a little, a little more than... So... <clears throat> And generally, those things that we are not fearful of are those things that we know, quote-unquote, or what we may call our comfort zone, that paradoxically should be this, the, situa- the place that we should be the most fearful to enter in, <laughs> or to remain in, I will say, because if it's comfort zone, it means we are quite comfortable there and we are not willing to give up. So the sadhus will very mercifully, lovingly, 
as, as my Guru Maharaj will say, try to take out of the comfort zone. Make us un- healthily uncomfortable. <laughs> there is a healthy lack of comfort. But actually they are trying to take us to real, the ultimate comfort. Mm-hmm. They were to tell us, Siddhar Maharaj, home comfort. <laughs> but again, we have to know how to deal with this fear mm, that we may have to, to leave the comfort zone and to face the unknown. Now we could speak about the unknown in two directions, interestingly, and, and just some brief recap in connection to our previous lecture. In one sense, we may say we are, uh, we are not aware of uh, what Jung may call our shadow, the shadow lands, if you will. <laughs> we spoke of the first lecture about also the chitta, or the, which was the word? The shed? <laughs> the shed of our subconscious. You know? We are throwing all, all the things that do not fit in our comfort zone to the shed, and someday the shed will have a life of its own. <laughs> so we will hear voices and arms going out the shed, and we will have to enter someday and make something with all that. <laughs> so in one direction we may speak about the unknown in, in this connection. But also, not only our shadow is the fearful unknown, but also interestingly our brightest potential, generally we are not aware of that. And therefore we may be afraid of that also because it's unknown. Only because if it, it's unknown we are maybe fearful of that. So it's interesting because the saintly person, the sadhus come to our life trying to point at our brightest horizon and potential, but since it's still unknown, we may be fearful of our brightest potential. It's paradoxical, but that's what it means to be a human being, basically, <laughs> dealing with these paradoxes and contradictions. And interestingly, so we are, we do not know too much about our shadow, we may not be too much aware of our brightest potential, so we may be fearful of these two things, because they are unknown. But ideally, in order to reach our brightest potential, we also have to acknowledge our shadow and learn to integrate the two, actually. It's not so much about attacking one and here is the enemy, but as we spoke the other day, integration of complexity. Hmm? That's the spirit of anarthan nibriti, ideally. When we say anarthan nibriti means dealing with the unwanted, but unwanted may not be the, the best word. <laughs> I will say integrating these two unknowns. Our shadow in connection with all that we can be, if you will. So the integration of these two unknown poles, if you will, and the synthesis of them is what we will, we will call transcendence. Real integration. So that's the way we, we try to, to address an art and liberty in the context of praying to Nisrim Hadeb. Here we see Bhakti Nautakur is praying over and over again to Nisrim Hadeb, make me fearless, make me fearless. It may sound even as redundant. And the editor-in-chief of the book may say, you are saying too much here the word abai, abai. But there is a point for that. We need to really be free from all fear, again, in the direction of the shadow, in the direction of the sun, if you will, of the brightest potential and the unconscious shed, interestingly. So to be a, a, a sadhaka with integrity means to take those two and integrate in such a noble way that we become that, the ultimate. So some brief words about the last meeting for those who were not there and why not especially for those who were there. <laughs> so today we will continue with... <clears throat> 
with the fourth verse of these five of the Navadip Bhavataranga. So I'll read it first in Bengali and then we will share the translation and try to unpack its meaning. It says like this. Svachandi Vaishyohi Bhatsa Sri Gauranga Dhame Jugalabha Janahau Ratihau Name Mama Bhakta Kripa Bale Bhikna Javidura Sudha Chitti Bhajo Radha Krishna Rasapura So Sri Thakur Bhaktivinoda says, this is verse 39 of Navadit Bhava Taranga, just in case. <laughs> he says, he, referring to Narasimhadev, he will say, Dear child, sit down freely and live happily here in Sri Gauranga Dham. May you serve the divine couple and have attachment to their names. By the grace of my devotees, all obstacles will leave you with a pure heart, serve Radha and Krishna, who are a reservoir of nectar. So, <clears throat> so there is some progression, of course, in the verses. So after hmm, become a fearless, we will receive this blessing. Sit down freely, happily, no more fear. In Sri Goranga Dham, no enemies, really. <laughs> um, may you have no? his blessing. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is having this type of vision. Sri Mahade put in his hand on Bhaktivinoda Thakur's head, like when he offered to Prahlad blessings, ask me whatever you want, I want to give you whatever you like, myself. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur is visualizing himself in that spirit, following the footsteps of Prahlad in, the, in this particular way. Ahonishrim Hadev is blessing in the context of Raghavakti again. No? It's not saying, may you just be free from fear, maybe free from samsara, that's all. Or may you have attachment for the whole names of Sri Sirad and Krishna. May you live in Sri Dham. May you engage in Jugal Bhajan, the worship of the divine pair, and so on. In that particular focal point, and of course today we will also share some nuanced version of that in the context of Navadvip. We already spoke about that a little bit. So then he's saying, it's quite Batsali-like this verse. Nishim Hadev enters into this father-like mode and blessing the child. So he says, he, hmm? he means like, oh, alas. Batsa, the word Batsa says it all. It means like calf, it also means like child, like a calf how the mother cow tends to the calf, and similarly, Nishri Mahadev tending to, the, to his devotee. All child, basically. He's saying to all of you, if you are a good child, good children, Nishri Mahadev will put the hand and say, all child. Hmm? So, Baisim means reside or live. Sri Gauranga Dhami. And Swachandi. means live freely in Sri Gauranga Dhami which will be kind of redundant, but he makes the point for us to know, because, I mean, to really live in Sri Goranga Dham means to live freely. <laughs> as much as you are physically there, but you are not free from those things, you should be free. Where you are is the question. <laughs> Where is the Dham, actually? Vrindavan, Mana Mora Vrindavan. is a, it's a state of consciousness, ultimately. Jugala Bhajan, how? So how means may you, so this is in the spirit of Blessing, may you, may you, Jugal Bhajan, may you have Jugal Bhajan, perfect service to, to the Jugal, to the couples, Sirat and Krishna. 
But again, in the context of Navadu, so we already said something last class, who, who is Rasiswar Radha and Krishna Navadu, but we'll continue elaborating today. And Harao Rati Man Name. May you have Rati or love attachment for their name, for their names. Mama Bhakta Kripa Bale. Then he makes a very nice point. Mama Bhakta Kripa Bale. By the strength or by the grace. Bale means strength but also grace. That's real strength. Mama Bhakta. Of my devotees of the mercy. Mama Bhakta Kripa Bale. There is nothing more powerful than the grace of the sadhu. That's the most powerful thing. We should have that very clear for us. There is no uh, most powerful Shakti that Kripa Shakti. Mm, this is the grace of the sadhus. Mm, so, Bhiknya Yave. Mm, by the grace of my devotees, Bhiknya Yave. All Bhiknyas, all obstacles will be, re- be cast away, one after the other, one after the other. Mm, dura. Dura means far away. Not only like put on the side, but you won't ever see them again. Mm, like when the plane is leaving and you see all the, the, the houses, it's flying a little bit high, you see still the houses, but like this, and when it's above the clouds, no more houses, no more city, you're in another different constellation, if you will. So at one point, all the things that nowadays still are like monstrous, became smaller, smaller, insignificant, non-existent in our particular reality. And the last line says, Sudha Chitti Bhaju Radha Krishna Rasa Pure. So Sudha Chitti, with a pure heart, that represents you are in that situation. Radha Krishna Rasa Pure Bhaja. So Bhaja, serve. Bhaja sometimes translated as worship, but we should understand this. We're an affectionate worship in the context of Raga Marga. Serve, Seva, pleasing the object of your affection. Radha Krishna, and who they are? Who are they? Rasa Pure. They are like a <coughs> reservoir, you say in English? Reservoir. What's the accent in the word? Reservoir. 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 Okay, thank you. Reservoir of nectar. <clears throat> so, this prayer concludes like, back to, you know, Thakur is thrown into this reservoir of nectar. That's the blessing of Nisreen Hadev. Like, throwing you into that unending ocean. So, he tries to make this clear over and over again. <clears throat> so, generally in Braj, interestingly, here Nisreen Hadev is playing, given this, this blessing, fulfilling on the stars in Braj, sometimes the there's this tradition that Govardhan plays this particular role. Hmm? But people who go with the hope of fulfilling any desire, they pray to Giriraj. Hmm? So there is some parallel version of this in Navadip with Narsimhadev. Hmm? Especially Narsimhadev resides in, in Godrum. We'll continue speaking about tomorrow. But the context in which these five verses are being spoken by Bhaktivinoda is his, I won't say he, he's walking. But he's, he's describing himself as rolling on the ground and arriving to the different pilgrimage sites. <laughs> so it's a pretty dynamic parikram. It's not just, okay, uh, wait, 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 I have to take my, my shoes for the parikram. No, we will be rolling on the ground. So it's no problem. <laughs> that's how we will reach every single place. You know? That's the best way of Dandavat parikram. It's not even Dandavat. You're just like, like rolling, carried by the waves of your, of your bab here and there. <laughs> So in this way he arrives at Nrsimha Pali. And that's when he's inspired to recite these prayers. Nrsimha Pali is in Godrum. We'll speak about that a little bit more tomorrow. But Godrum is the island that embodies the principle of Kirtan. 
very important place. So Nishim Hadev, there is also approach for in this connection of please fulfill my desires. And again, fulfill my desires had to do with may I fulfill your desires. That's my desire in the context of the Ragamark. I don't only want to engage in those things that you like, but I want to really drench those activities with the spirit of pleasing you. That's the implication of the term seva. We translate seva as service, but sometimes we retranslate service as doing stuff. <laughs> Basically. Hyper-engagement, okay. <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> multitasking. And seva means deeply having like a passionate will to please the object of my affection. That's the real implication of these four letters, seva. So, <clears throat> so here Bhakti Thakur is doing that. He's approaching the Srimadev, Navadvip, and praying for his ultimate wish, if you will. So it's interesting how this verse combines these two ideas of being happy, residing peacefully in Navadvip, free from all fear, and the positive, if you will. Getting free from, in order to embrace the positive side of, as Silas will say, positive and progressive immortality. And we don't only want immortality per se, because we can have like passive immortality. We are in immortality, nothing is going on, we are there, peaceful, shanti, shanti. But we want positive and progressive immortality. Something to do in a loving way. So, but to begin with, yes, he's saying, may I, I reside happily in Navadvip. So happily, of course, is connected to this idea that we were elaborating in the previous verses. May I, may I reside peacefully to begin with. Because we cannot, Krishna says in the Gita, you cannot speak about happiness if you don't have peace first. That's the problem in this world. People want to be happy, but they are not in peace. They know, do not know the art of being in peace, but they want happiness. So they misunderstand all the whole thing, and in their attempt of being happy, they just get more and more agitated, basically. <laughs> so real happiness has to have peace as its very foundation. As we spoke the other day, Santa Rasa. Santa means Shanti, peace. The whole building of Bhakti of Raga Bhakti has to have that foundation of Santa. Chaitanya Charitamrita said, Mahaprabhu came to give Chariba, that's the Sakya Vatsalya Madhuri. He's not mentioning Santa. <laughs> but I will say, Santa is there invisibly as, as the foundation of the whole temple, if you will, <laughs> of Dasi Sakya Vatsalya Madhuri. So, that, like the foundation, you don't see the foundation of the house. It's there, you cannot see it. But you need that to be there, because if not, the program is over right now. <laughs> so it's so important, but it's not visible. But it's sustaining the whole thing. So all that Santa represents, fearlessness, selflessness, universal compassion, all these condensed principles are there implied in the context of Santa and the person of her life. So to recite happily in Nadia, in the Dham, is to begin with, to be in peace. Again, all these that are the Tatasta lections of Uttam Bhakti. Hmm? What Uttam Bhakti is free of, from. I mean, we need to know that. What it is directly and what it is not, also. Hmm? 
And there we will attain peace. In Krishna Bhakti Nishkama Teva Shanta, Bhukti Mukti Siddhikami Sakalya Santa. So the boat is in peace because he has no separate sense of being and sense of interest. And interestingly here, Bhakti Nautakur defines Generally in Srimhadev is Bhakti Vignya Vignasana, the destroyer of the obstacles in Bhakti. But here Srimhadev speaks to Bhakti Nautakur in his trance, like my dev- by the strength of the mercy of my devotees, all obstacles will be destroyed. So that's a very interesting way of understanding in which sense Srimhadev is the destroyer of obstacles. He will come to our lives in a personified way in the form of the sadhu, as we said the other day. In one sense, Nisrim Hadev is not different from Krishna. Krishna is not different from Sri Guru in one sense. So Sri Guru is not different from Nisrim Hadev, Simha Guru. <laughs> um, will help us to destroy all these obstacles by the strength of their mercy. Mercy is powerful. Again, there is nothing more powerful and we have to be ready to deal with such, a, such an energy, such a power. I mean, try to imagine, I am dealing with the most powerful thing that, that can exist. That will be in itself powerful. I mean, to be in contact with the most powerful thing. It's not just a, a play, a game, a joke. <laughs> the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. That's like, as we say, the very personification of this idea of Su Darshana. Su Darshana means proper vision. Su Darshana. So, the, the sadhus with their mercy. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in another part of the now, the Bhavataranga. We attain adhikar in bhakti, we attain eligibility in devotion by the mercy of the sadhus. I mean, our adhikar is depending on their mercy. That's an important point. Our eligibility, our yeah, eligibility, aptitude, no, how do you say in English? Oh, that's in Spanish. Whatever, eligibility, qualification. qualification, thank you. Depends on the mercy of the sadhus. We have no reason to become proud, oh, I'm so qualified. Because whatever qualification you have in bhakti is because of mercy. <laughs> and mercy by its very definition is not justice. So we do not deserve that. Mm-hmm. It's costless. Costless from our side. There is no cost in us to deserve that. There is a cost in the heart of the sadhu to be inclined to or to give in that. But it's costless <laughs> from our side, basically. Mm-hmm. So in this sense, okay, the mercy of the sadhu makes so many things, but we have, of course, our part to play. We are not automatons and just give me mercy, give me mercy. And of course, we have to receive the mercy. We have to be willing to do that. Again, the most powerful energy in creation coming to us. That's intense. <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> and in the context of dealing with such a purifying, powerful thing, sometimes those things that are not representing our ultimate ideal may come to the surface that we have to know what to do with that. And so as we said the other day, you know, we, we, shouldn't, we should identify our anarthas, but we should not identify it with our anarthas. Mm-hmm. So it's almost the same sentence, but with one extra word that can save your life <laughs> and save you from going paranoid. You have to identify your anarthas, but you don't have to identify with your anarthas. That's a subtle line. Anarthas means unwanted, uh, whatever, no unwanted, but false sense of value, basically, false values that we still entertain. So we have to acknowledge them, locate them, but we are not those false values. 
Because if we over-identify with that, we get discouraged. If we do not identify them, we get discouraged. <laughs> so, middle path. You have to identify them, but not to over-identify with them. I'm that. Try to imagine if you think, I'm last, I'm MB, that's me. The project is over. <laughs> but that's, that dust is there. That speck of dust is there. I have to do something with that. I have to learn to integrate it properly. So, what to do? All this happening again. And the grace of the devotees also won't create the, like, it's not that the devotee comes to our life and child. We are free from that. But their company makes us aware of what we have to do. By contrast with the, with the absence of those elements in the saddle, that kind of creates that type of reflection. You may be full of something and you get close to someone who is full of that thing. That will kind of merge and nobody will notice anything. No? <laughs> Everything is okay. <laughs> but if suddenly you get in contact with someone who is the, not the exact opposite, but who is considerably free from that, or as much as that person is free from that, that will kind of create this reflection effect. If you are sincere and have ears to hear and realize, oh... You will look at him, her, he will look at you, okay, and, and try to okay, know what to do. As we say, the sadhu is our own potential appearing in front of us. So the saintly person is showing all that you can be, all that you can become, in a gentle way. Not like you should be like me or something like this. <laughs> he may, she may not even say a word, but invisibly all the things are, are, are happening, happening. So we need to to go in that direction. <clears throat> Once one devotee asked Sila Siddhar Maharaj what to do with when, when I'm being constantly attacked and affected by all this stuff, like separate desire and anger and anxiety and fear. And he said, just, just run to what Braguna Swami would call Krishna's police. Hmm? The devotees, basically. Run to them and ask for SOS. How do you say it? We were speaking today of SOS. Emergency case, do something here. But have the integrity to, to run when you need to do so. I mean, do not be fearful of that. That's the most secure place in the world, under the shade of the feet of the south of the Kripa Shakti Bhagavan. <clears throat> so again, on one side we need that ingress of the Swarup Shakti, of the Kripa Shakti in our lives, for us to attain all success. But on the other side we have to do our part. We have to run to the saddle, we have to beg for mercy, we have to ask for shelter. Hmm? So, the two things. We are speaking about Raganuga Bhakti. Raganuga Bhakti means to follow in the footsteps of certain personalities, but also doesn't mean just to imitate. Just like, okay, I do whatever they do, and that's Raganuga Bhakti. No, you have, I mean, you have to have your own, our path has to do with following another's experience, but you have to have your own experience while doing that. You follow the idea. It's not just like I do copy-paste of, of whatever, Rupa Manjari or whoever. I'm copy-paste and now I'm whoever I have to be. No, you have to be yourself in the context of putting yourself under the shelter of those personalities. That has to do with dealing, again, with whatever we have to deal yet here. Our humanity, our emotionality, relativity, in the context of Raghavakti, in the context of 
our Nara Lila. Krishna has a Nara Lila, we somehow have our Nara Lila. We have to deal with our humanness. Krishna's Nara Lila is, is the all in all for us, Suraga Bhaktas. Krishna Raya Tikka Kila Sarabhutama Nara Lila Nara Bhapu Tanhara Sarupa Gopa Vesha Venukara Navakisha Natvara Nara Lila Hai Anurup. Krishna Das Nara Lila of Sri Krishna is the topmost Lila of all, the topmost form of the Absolute, which is his form Gopavesh, Benukar, Navakishur, Natavar. His Gopavesh dresses a Gopa, Benukar, flute in hand, Gopavesh, Benukar, Navakishur, eternal adolescent, Natavar. Orangi Priya knows what I'm speaking there. Natavar, <laughs> king of dancers. <laughs> Nara Lila Hoyanurup. Oh, this Nara Lila is like. Krishna finishes like. I don't know what to say. Astonishing. Anurup. Oh, this is too much. <laughs> so, this Nara Lila is supreme. And, and what we find there in Braj, in the land of the, Nara, of the Nara Lila, all the humanity is perfectly integrated. Humanity is not like done away with in the, in the name of transcendence, for the sake of being transcendental. I mean, the topmost transcendental realm is the most human at the same time, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Guru Mahesh will call that divine humanism. Mm-hmm. One thing is not like killing the other. You have the divine, fully divine, fully human. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. in Christianity they will express in these terms in connection to Christ as well. Right? So here we speak... In, in, from our perspective, of also this idea of divine humanism, this is ultimate synthesis where humanity is fully justified as well as mm, transcendence. And our Isadev, our favorite deity, if you will, chosen face of the absolute, is really human. And Krishna Brindavan is so, how to say, I mean, we have to understand in the context of still being God, <laughs> but. Of course, for us, this is a very unique theological proposition. For us, Krishna is not so much uh, God, but he's something else. (laughs) I like to say that Krishna is God beyond God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I I, I like to say that not so much Krishna is an aspect of God, but God is an aspect of Krishna. Which again, it makes the whole theological world like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Upside down, like what, what are you saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. as, as the different examples are given in Shastra. So God will be like the prime minister in the office and dealing with all the universal issues and controlling and justice and everything in order. But when he arrives home, the grandson is waiting. I say, Grandpa, I want you to be a snake. Go to the floor. And the prime minister goes to the floor. So that's with two words. And starts like to do like this, and the grandson goes up and starts to like to whatever. <laughs> do it better. You are not doing nice. No? Imagine if someone in the government says the same thing to the prime minister. No? Go to the floor. You are not doing good. And jumps on I mean, With great fortune, you lose your job only. <laughs> So in the same way, for us, Krishna is, is God at home. And, and when he's so much surrounded and embraced by affection that he forgot the office back him, the, God, the Godhood. Still he's God. I mean, he, does, he didn't lose his post. <laughs> but at that moment, he's totally absorbed there. So, so much, in, and in that context, so much 
vulnerabilities there, so much fragility. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, in the context of divine humanism, in the context of Lila, remember we spoke last carting on the Damodar Lila in this connection with the topic of divine imperfect. (laughs) Are we worshipping these different levels of so-called imperfection, fragility in in the divine? Mm -hmm. God sucking breast milk, which of course makes him particularly charming because he is God and he still does that. God being jealous from Jasoda when she's attending the milk and neglecting him, or being like, how do you say, um, naughty, then breaking the pots, we know the whole Damodar Lila, sharing with the monkeys, then being frightened. Those are not the, the typical qualities of God. Naughty, frightened, dependent, and then it continues, as we know, he's frightened, he's tired, and that's a powerful symbol. I mean, God is being tied. <laughs> it's like, he, has, he has to no longer be God for that to happen, basically. <laughs> but he's not become less. That's the point. He's tied, but of course, was the rope made of? So God has it right. Affection. So all these ideas. He's a thief. He's a liar. And in the concept of the Damodar Lila, Jasoda and Nanda, they are not aware of the womanizer side of Krishna. <laughs> His playful, playboyness. He's called Lampatamani, the jewel-like of the devotees. So that's on top of all that. <laughs> but all this in the context of Nara Lila. And that makes him especially charming because of that. Because of all those things happen. So these are some of the implications of dealing with divine humanism. I mean, we feel charm about the prospect of Krishna Lila, Nara Lila. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point is, we are humans also. We are not fully engaged in the Lila yet, but somehow we have our Nara Lila, to, to call it somehow in this way. may not be the most exact term, but we have our own experience of humans, in the context of the Shristi Lila. As sadakas. Sadakas means you are not a bad jiva, conditioned soul. You are not a siddha, a perfected being. You are in the in between, with one feet here, one feet there, and trying to have more feet on on the other side, basically. So we have, as we say, Krishna Nara Lila, but our Nara Lila, our Nara Lila means we could accept our humanity and learn to integrate that, acknowledging, as we mentioned today, all these different aspect of the unknown and so on. Because if we do not allow, in our own case, our own vulnerability, imperfection, fragility, very probably we won't be allowing all those things to happen in relation to Krishna in the, in the Lila as well. We may be no, developing a mentality that's wrong, that cannot happen. That should not, but there is a land where all those things happen in the most perfect and charming way. So if we are, do not allow our own Naralila, do you follow my point? Probably we are not allowing Krishna's Lila. In our life, I mean, Krishna's Lila is going, it's ongoing reality, eternal ongoing reality. But we are not allowing that Naralila to happen in our life. We are not allowing Braja Krishna to exist in our mind, if you will. To, be all, to all of them to be who they are in our life. Do you follow my point? Mm-hmm. So we need to to be proper humans, if you will, in that connection for Krishna Lila to happen. Well, we are speaking about vulnerability, so I have to speak 
about also since Krishna and Vrindavan Brajalila is still is known for its vulnerability, we can extend this idea even further <laughs> and reach the shores of Gorlila. Let's go to Navadip. As my Guru Mahath will say, the deeper you enter into Krishna Lila, you will emerge into Gorlila. The more you go deep into Krishna Lila, into Gorlila, sorry, you emerge in Krishna Lila. But Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya composed another verse, I don't learn it by heart, but says exactly the other thing. The more you go deep into <laughs> Krishna Lila, you emerge into Gorlila. So, Gurmash will say, the lotus inside the lotus, and inside the lotus, and inside the lotus, and one is taken to other. So, Gorlila and Mahaprabhu in particular, as we know, is Krishna in his most vulnerable moment, but at the same time, in his most volcanic moment. It's paradoxical, but we have spoken about that many times, about the empowerment that comes from vulnerability. Proper vulnerability creates proper empowerment, so that applies even to the Absolute. Krishna himself, in his most vulnerable moment, becomes the most volcanic face of the Absolute. Philosopher Marsh called him Golden Volcano divine love, erupting in ecstasy, and it's lava, lava, you say, mm-hmm. consuming everything on its way. That was the poetic depiction. Try to imagine that. <laughs> so we will be to, we want to be consumed by that lava. <laughs> hmm? So here, Bhakti Notakur is invoking all these principles hmm? by referring to the realm of Mahaprabhu. Srinavadutam. Hmm? And the worship of Radha and Krishna in Navadvipdham, which we shortly addressed last class and today also I would like to touch upon that. That's a really esoteric topic. and It may be termed the, the highest of the highest thing we could possibly even speak about. So, <laughs> so it's something very high and complex. So I don't know. <laughs> Should I continue? <laughs> yes, please. I don't know what may happen on, on the way, but well, I mean, some lava may come and we may get lost and found there. Buckle up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Thakur is speaking about serving, serving rather than Christian now. This is a very unique concept that that we that that we receive from Thakur, especially. We are members of. So, my Guru Maharaj will say we are humbled by by being proud members of the Bhaktinath Parivar. <laughs> so with Bhakti Notakur comes a lot of very unique contributions. And one of them is this special emphasis he made on Navadip hmm, through his compositions, Navadip Dhammahatma, Navadip Bhavataranga, his emphasis on, on worship of Radha and Krishna Navadip, which translates as worship of Gorgadadar. Hmm, very unique idea, very, very complex a profound topic. But to begin with, let's go to the basics of this non-basic topic, which is Krishna is non-different from Mahaprabhu, which is in itself not so easy to understand. I mean, we may say it, but we have to walk the talk to really gain insight about how they, these two are one, and different. <laughs> that's, that's not so easy. So we have to very 
intensely pray to someday be blessed with this realization, this insight. Mm. Krishna, Gore, Krishna are non-different mm. to begin with. And on the basis of that non-difference, there is some difference mm. in mood, mm. not in ontological reality. So similarly as Krishna and Gore, Krishna non-difference, Vrindavan and Navadvip are non-different. Sometimes we may emphasize the difference, but it's important to emphasize the habit side of the equation, non-difference. There is some difference in Bhava, again, but the foundation is Advaita Gyantatva. So, so what is this Navadvip? How, 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 how to understand Navadvip in connection to Vrindavan? Navadvip could be described... Once my Guru Maharaj said that, I, I like that a lot. He said, Navadip is like a stretch, stretching out of Vrindavan. Vrindavan stretching out. Stretching out, you say? Like extending. Hmm? Allowing that thing that is not possible in Vrindavan. There is something that has not been possible for Krishna in, in Vrindavan. Hmm? And that's what makes him, again, not in a point in time, but manifest, if you will, as gore and its corresponding abode. Hmm? So Navadvip is the, is the abode that facilitates Krishna, his project, his, I will say his ultimate, most upgraded project. Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. The Bhagavan says this, you may know this famous line. Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam. Srila Prabhupada translated that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. That's a very unique term if you try to break every word. Supreme Personality of Godhead. To speak about God just already something, but He has a personality and He has a Supreme Personality to His personality. He's a multifaceted jewel with thousands of personality and faces and avatars, and all these avatars are, Asankhya says the Bhagavan, uncountable, and each avatar is an emotional moment in the life of the Absolute, as my Guru Mahesh will say. But there's a supreme personality, a supreme face, a supreme expression. Swayam Bhagavan, Krishna. So he has received that reputation. So he's known around the world for being the ultimate, most face of the Absolute. But... <laughs> Something happened during Braj that he was not able to, to feel that title is justified. Because I'm Soyam Bhagavan, Soyam Bhagavan, Krishna is the ultimate face of the Absolute in terms of rasa, in terms of <clears throat> static, ecstatic experience, above all the other faces of the Absolute for us Godias. But the point is that as Krishna in Braj, and there is when we enter esoteric waters. <laughs> he was not able to fulfill, to honor that name, especially when he witnessed the degree of the love of his devotees, more specifically the gopis, even more specifically Sri As we already know in the Bhagavatam, there is this specific point where we could say the Gaur-lila is born. When after witnessing the love of the gopis in separation from him, after disappearing from the Rasa-lila, Rasa-mandal, Krishna is hidden. Hidden? Yeah. Behind a tamal tree. There we have tamal Krishna. <laughs> Camouflaging himself behind the, the tree because it's the same color, 
same view, and witnessing this Viraha Kirtan of the Gopis, and oh my God, what's going on here? I, I disappear from the Rasamanda with one purpose in mind, uh, or more than one purpose, actually, many purposes at the same time. That's how Bhagavan operates. He does one thing, and it has multifarious uh, purposes to accomplish. But in the context of, of witnessing what was going on, he discovered, oh my God, now a new purpose is coming in my own heart for my own self, not connected in one sense to what I was thinking. And this, I'm contemplating the degree of their love that has reached the point that is totally unknown for me. And I start to doubt in the words of my Guru Maharaj, I am the supreme taster, I am the supreme being, I am God, I am Rasaraj, I am Swayam Bhagavan, because... What Surat is experiencing is overflowing for me. I mean, it's overflowing in her and it's overflowing me, so I don't know what's that about. And she's experiencing all that in connection to me, but I don't know myself from that angle of, of view, of vision. I mean, she's seeing something in me that makes her the way she is. <laughs> but what is she seeing in me? I don't know that. Who I am? <laughs> Basically, that's what Krishna is asking himself at this point. He's having, in the words of our Guru Maharaj, an existential crisis. <laughs> Who I am? That's another level of theology. Because in theology, generally, we ask, does God exist or not? But he's, here we have a supra-theology when God is asking himself, I am God or not? Does God exist or not? People say I am that person, but I have him very deep doubts at this point. <laughs> So this is another level of theological dialogue. So all this, of course, gives right, or gives, pre pre prepares the ground for the Gaur Avatar, for the necessity of a Mahaprabhu, a Gaur Lila, to, 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 for Krishna to try to make, again, something about that. Because his Rasaraj, his God, I mean, he has this existential crisis, but he remains being who he is. But being who he is has a lot of implications. That's a very interesting idea. Which are the implications of being God, or of being Krishna in particular, which is, as we say, God in so upgraded form that the, the, the terminology of God was left behind many blocks back <laughs> on, the, on the highway, <laughs> on Baikunta, <laughs> something like this. So Mahaprabhu is needed for that, a project where Krishna himself is fully dedicated to knowing himself from the lens of love, of, of the topmost love, and who I am from that particular perspective. So, a new, quote-unquote, new <laughs> manifestation appears. It doesn't appear, it exists eternally, but I'm trying to present that some chronology for us to, maybe it may help to think in linear terms for a moment. Um, so, Krishna says, I'm Swayam Bhagavan, because I taste certain things, but now I see that Sirad is stating something I do not taste. So, am I Sayam Bhagavan? Hmm. So, in order to, for him to retain his title, a new Lila is required and a new abode is required that will be the perfect stage to allow that to happen. That's Navadvip. Hmm. So, Navadvip is an abode that facilitates Krishna being Swayam, his being Swayam Bhagavan. Hmm. Because Swayam Bhagavan is determined by Rasa. The more Rasa, the absolute relishes, the, the, the closest he reaches to Swayam Bhagavan idea. You follow? So, so Nadia is allowing Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna to become 
Swayam Bhagavan, Gaur Krishna. And Swayam Bhagavan with capital letters now. <laughs> with Braja Krishna, we capital letters in the S and the B. Swayam Bhagavan. But now we have Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna. <laughs> so only in, in Navadvip, hmm, Swayam Bhagavan can taste what he could not taste in Vrindavan. My Guru Mahārāj used some strong language. He said, in Braj, Krishna realized, oh, Braj Lila is a failure. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I came to this world with one purpose in mind and everything was orchestrated, but at one point of the unfolding of the Lila, I found myself like in the need of another Lila, of another stage, of another me, if you will. An extension of all that. Again, it's not entirely different. It's just an extended version. Sometimes Gurlila is called Parishista Lila. Parishista means like the, how do you say in the book? Epilogue? Like the epilogue of the book. The story is there, but there is something else to tell in this connection. So in this context, again, Krishna is coming as Mahaprabhu. To to taste Sri Radha But, as we know, I'm sorry if I'm getting too complex for those who are coming for the first time or something like that, but what to do? That's the challenge of speaking with mixed audience, but no problem. That's my blessing also. But Radha is still there, although Mahaprabhu is, sometimes we hear Radha and Krishna combined, strictly speaking, Radha Bhava Yudhishvavaditam Nomi Krishna Sarupa. He's Krishna. He's still Krishna, but in the shoes of Radha. But Radha is still there in Gorlila, somewhere else, if you will, in the form of Gadadhar. Sri Pandit's Gadadhar Ki Jai. So, Gadadhar Pandit is considered the most important figure in the whole Gorlila. The most, the most crucial character for the whole Lila to be successful. I mean, the whole Gorlila has one purpose, which I have described now. And without Gadadhar, without Radha as Gadadhar, mm-hmm very generously giving her bab, his bab, <laughs> to Gore in very, like, installments, sustainable installments for him. <laughs> I mean, Mahaprabhu wouldn't be successful in the whole purpose of inaugurating Gore Lila, inaugurating, quote-unquote. <clears throat> so, try to understand this point. And, and I know this is complex, and this may be way beyond our heads. It's way beyond my own head. I don't have a clue what I'm doing here speaking about the things, but it's the mercy of Sri Guru and hopefully something will be grasped from this. But Krishna's Mahaprabhu is the absolute in its most needy moment. I mean, God has necessities. I know that there is this description of God as impossible, no necessity, it's okay. There is an aspect of that. God as Atmaram, self-satisfied. But here we are speaking of another, again, perspective. God is dissatisfied because of love. Not dissatisfied because of lack of love. Because we are dissatisfied because of existential void. (laughs) We are trying to fill the void with whatever seems to have the same form that fits with our piece of the puzzle here. Okay, it seems the same form. Not fitting. Next one. People, cars, possessions, position, money... Not fitting, not fitting. You try to fit, no? You break one part of the puzzle and you try to put it. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> so we feel that dissatisfaction because of 
lack of love, of misplaced values, we can reach a point where we are fully satisfied. Again, shanti, 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 peace. I don't need anything. I'm okay with my own self. But there is a higher even level of that. We are interested in that. Which is when you start to love, really, in every sense of the term. Love is, as my Guru Maharaj will say, give full satisfaction, but also it can always increase. It can always grow. So in that possibility of ongoing development, there is some dissatisfaction, but a healthy one. One still, as Maharaj was giving a lecture, I think we shared the other day, and he gave one of those like astonishing darshans, and everyone was like fabric glasses, and dumb, uh, and one they would say, Guru Maharaj, <clears throat> yeah, I'm totally satisfied. And he really meant that with all his naivete. <laughs> And Srila Maharaj, with all his innocence, said, Really satisfied? Is that possible? Like implying, we are to enter into the realm of where that is not possible. You can always become more satisfied and therefore more dissatisfied <laughs> in a healthy way. And some progression, divine love, union, separation, and all these type of dynamics you find there. So. <clears throat> But here we are speaking about God experiencing it. I mean, it's not only up to us, it's up to Him, ultimately. So He experiences, He has needs. I mean, that, that's for us very important to understand. God has needs, and we are to serve Him in those needy moments. It's not that He doesn't need anything, because we spoke that about the, on the appearance day of the other pandit some months ago. The more the God you worship is Atmaram, or self-satisfied, the less you feel... I have something to do here for him because he's Atmaram. He doesn't need anything. Atmakam. He's self satisfied. So, what you can do for it? I mean, so generally, what you will think is, I'm not self satisfied. <laughs> you are. So, give me, <laughs> give me something to me. Generally, most people conceive God in those terms. He's okay. He doesn't need anything. I need so many things. <laughs> so, that, that's how I, I conceive my rasa with, with, with the Supreme in terms of. You are self-satisfied. I am not. So feel me. No? Yeah. So yeah. Feel more. More. And there is no end. No? <laughs> you follow. But because that creates the idea. He, he doesn't need anything. I mean, he's doing fine there. But the more you understand God has needs, but needs out of love. Again, not needs out of whatever. Misplaced values. There are no misplaced values in Bhagavan. The more he's needy, the more I have something to do. <clears throat> the more I identify with the neediness of God, the more I start to become myself in the, in the realm of Lila. The more I get closer to all that I can be in Bhakti. Because all I, that I can be in Bhakti is a unit of service. I want to develop an identity of servant. But how will, how will I develop a wholesome identity of servant if there is nothing to do? <laughs> you fall if I were surrounded by people who are all self-satisfied how much can I be a servant from tip to toe <laughs> even in Vaikuntha you reach Vaikuntha there is some Dasya on some level but mostly Santa because Narayan is self-satisfied <clears throat> and maybe you serve him not so much because he needs that but because he's God that's awareness in Vaikuntha he's God he is to be served so I'm serving him because 
of this sense of duty. He's God, he's to be served. I love him because he's God. But he doesn't need anything. <laughs> but he's God, so I have to serve him. I want. No? But if you get up the ladder above my content, you reach what to speak Brindavan, what to speak now, so much need. I mean, Krishna is so needy. That was the argument that Nanda Maharaj said to Udav. When Udav said, try, when he arrived to Braj and tried to <coughs> give his son Desh, his message to the Brajavas is trying to console them. Krishna gave that instruction, say to, to Nanda Maharaj, you are so fortunate that you have parental affection for the Absolute. <laughs> you, are, you feel yourself the father of he who is the father of everyone. He tried to to insert this Aishwarya, also trying to save Nanda Maharaj's life in separation from Krishna. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to do his best with the best intention. It was not a problem, but it was too much for Uddhav. I mean, the, the combination was... I mean, that was his first night in Brindavan. <laughs> his first minutes. He, he went down to the chariot, and after some minutes he was like... With Nanda just saw that for the whole night, having darshan, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So when he said to Nanda, oh, you are so fortunate, you, are, you feel you are the father of he who is the real father of everyone, God. <laughs> Nanda Maharaj was like, he was crying and rolling on the ground, and when Udab said that, he like... <laughs> so Udab thought, oh, maybe I, I got him. <laughs> I, enter, I, I got an entry point here. And Nanda Maharaj said, Udab, you, you, you are so well known as being Krishna's Minister, Shastrabid, such a wise person, all this long list of qualities I've heard from you, but now I'm having Pratyaksha, direct experience. I mean, you are not walking the talk. I mean, you are saying so much nonsense, basically. You say that my Lala is God. I mean, I know God. <laughs> Again, Admaram, Aptakam, Bhagavan, Narayan, Vrindavan, Krishna is God. Krishna is God. So the, the Sri Vaishnavas had it right. They say, Narayan is God. So we, we agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, we will feel like that in Golok Vrindavan. Krishna is not God, Narayan is God. But we will pray to Narayan for the sake of Krishna. <laughs> and he say, I know how, how God is. He's, and I know. And I have protection of Krishna. I have direct experience of Krishna. Mm. Again, stealing, lying, <laughs> fearful, naughty, whimsical. And he doesn't know his, again, playboy side. <laughs> but that is already enough. <clears throat> so he's so needy, in other words. I mean, he has so much needs. And what to speak if you then go to the gopis. I mean, they really will give you the full picture about how needy Krishna is. From tip to toe. <laughs> His heart is burning with desire. <laughs> so we have to do something about that. We have to put that forest fire in there. So, <laughs> so the point is, again, Krishna is so needy, and as Mahaprabhu, his upgraded version, <laughs> he's even more needy. He has this so crucial project. I need to taste this, I need to understand myself. I'm in this existential I need to solve this riddle. So he's so much in need, Krishna's Mahaprabhu, that that implies Gadhadar is so much in need. Because Gadhadar is Sri Radha serving Krishna in his moment of utmost necessity. And Krishna's necessity is Radha's necessity. She has no separate sense of necessity. There is no separate 
need the agenda for her. <laughs> Whatever Krishna needs, automatically she's totally identified with that and becomes hers. Her ident- uh, need necessity. So Gadadhar is Shirada in her moment of greatest necessity. Why? Because Krishna is Mahaprabhu in his moment of greatest necessity. <laughs> and, and, and Radha can only live to identify with Krishna's necessity. And just live to try to satisfy that. He's so needy again. <laughs> so she's so needy. So all this multiplied in the Gorlila. Try, try, try to grasp a little bit of this. So his necessity becomes her necessity but amplified. In this Gorlila. This, and this is a contribution of, of Gadadhar. He's in, rather in the role of Gadadhar, giving himself, herself, whatever, <laughs> so Mahaprabhu can be successful, can taste mm-hmm. the, the final, the ultimate victory in his Lila. Mm-hmm. So, in this way, Gadadhar Pandit identif- <clears throat> establishes this very important point here, mm-hmm. which is, again, for us, the need to identify with a particular necessity and, and to identify with the mood of the Lila. Gaur Lila has a particular mood, particular bhav. We are not to approach Mahaprabhu in romantic love because he's not in that mood. We have to serve the mood in, in which Bhagavan is. So Shirada shows that as Kadadar, adapts to the mood, to the necessity of the moment. That means adapt to the mood. So and a whole identity of Seva comes as a result of that. Try to connect this point. I identified with the mode in which the object of my love is in, and a whole identity of service comes so, so I can serve that. <laughs> so in one way we are to develop that eventually. I mean, again, when we say spiritual body, Siddha Deha, Bhakti Swarup, blah, 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 what, what, what does it mean? It's not just magic. Not that I chant 16 rounds, follow four regulative principles without failing, and one day I'm there. I'm there where? <laughs> First I have to really develop all the things inside of me. Mm-hmm. So the point is, again, the more needy the absolute is, the more necessity of service there will be, and the bigger the chance for us to identify with that necessity and to develop a more and more condensed mm, identity of, of service. So, again, Raganuga Bhakti is, is very specific. It's not just like, again, magically, I will, I will reach Golok Brindavan, Nityanama, Dipsande. I have to develop a sense of an identity of service. And that begins with identifying with a necessity of service. And that begins with understanding there is a necessity of service. <laughs> Even us as sadhakas, we can feel that in, in the context of Sri Guru. Or, our Guru Maharaj will say that, quoting this famous verse from Rupa Goswami. This may be the most important verse in connection to Srinam, holy name. There Sri Rupa Goswami says, When I enter in touch with these two syllables, Krishna, I, I cannot say how much nectar is there. I, I cannot tell it. I cannot 
begin to conceive that. I can only say that I only wish, I only hanker long for having thousands of ears, thousands of tongues, thousands of senses to make justice to all that current, that descending current that comes and collapses everything. <laughs> so my Guru Maharaj will say, that's the definition of, of Sri Guru, of the Sadhu. He's in that necessity. He's so needy. I mean, try to understand what Rupa Goswami said. He's in such a need. And for the Guru, he's, he has two ears, one tongue, but he will ask his disciples, give me your ears, give me your tongues, an extension of my own, so I can somehow try to make honor to this current that is descending from me. <laughs> so we as disciples are to identify, oh, Gurudev is so needy. That's not speaking less of him or her. <laughs> That's actually presenting his her position in, in its ultimate glory. Because that neediness is, comes as a result of that neediness. <laughs> so in this way, some words we wanted to share, also in connection to Sushi Gadadhar, which is really, again, going back to Bhaktivinoda you know, Thakur. Give me some few minutes with your permission today. Uh, he really established the worship. He worshipped Gaur Gadadhar in Godrum. They were her, their Devata. They are Radha Krishna worshipping Navadvip. He himself composed many nice prayers for them. The famous Godrum Bhajan Upadesh. Where he describes this in the song. He even concludes glorifying the worship of Gaur Gadadhar. Shmara Gaur Gadadhar, Keli Kadam and so on. Trying Baba Gaura Gadadara Paksha Charam and so on. Srinu Gaura Gadadara Charukatam Baja Godrumakhanana Kunjavidum. So trying to invite the reader. That's the conclusion of what does it mean to recite the Godrum for me. He try to remember Gaur Gadadara and their Lila. And try to become a servant of Gaur Gadadara. Again, try to develop an identity of service out of identification with the need that happens in between them. them. Try to listen to the kata about them. And this way, just worship the moon of Godrum. Godrum Chandra Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. So, some ideas. <laughs> I told you it was not an introductory topic, so I gave you the, <laughs> the caution. But these are something of all the implications in, in this verse. And interestingly, Nishri Mahadev has a role to play in all this, as in very nicely Bhakti Thakur put it. A role to play for us in our particular stage, and as we will see, I'll conclude tomorrow. As we advance in our progress, in our practice, that particular role of Nishri Mahadev one will go to the background, but it will be, makes full circle and again reappear again in the ultimate uh, <laughs> reality of Lila from another perspective. But we will continue tomorrow speaking about that. Shishimha Bhagavan ki jai Sachinananda Moitakur Bhaktinanda ki jai So I don't know if we have some minutes for questions. Or we have some minutes? Okay. I don't know if there are any questions. <clears throat> Also, to those who are, once again, to those who are online, invited if there are any questions as well. Have one question? Thank you, Maharaj. Yeah. Uh, more just reflecting because I'm still digesting uh, yeah. that. I mean, this is amazing to focus on that Krishna, our God has needs. Mm -hmm. um, 
you were making the point about uh, what devotees often call Krishna as the order supplier. You're saying how <clears throat> we're just thinking you have unlimited. Just give me more and more. Um, and at what point we turn around and say, you know, what can I give back? You know, this is kind of general things devotees talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, this is really just beautiful how you highlighted um, Lord Chaitanya. Um, really, the expansion of Krishna's even being more needy for love. And I, I really love this point about about love, about how you were saying that the lack, like God is, God doesn't have a lack of, of um, uh, some kind of, like how we have this material lacks, we try to fit with uh, material mm -hmm. dead objects. But that uh, Krishna is constantly wanting to expand his love, his experience mm -hmm. of love, so he's, he's more and more, he's, he's having that expanded need. So yeah. it's just... Uh, he has a necessity, yeah, yeah, and for sure. He has a necessity not out of emptiness, but out of fullness. Mm. For example, you have the Rasa Lila. On one side Krishna, on the other side the Gopis. And you may feel, may think, oh, okay, they're getting together because they are empty and they need the other to fill the void and vice versa. And I say, no, actually, they are full, the two of them are full, and they are getting together to celebrate their fullness. Mm. And that's the type of necessity. When you are full, you feel the need to dance, sing, celebrate. It's a need, but out of fullness. <laughs> that's the whole idea of lila. Even though external it may seem disconcerting or even tragic at some moment, all of that has to do with connected with the need out of fullness. You are full, actually. How that it, it, play, it takes form externally, that may be overwhelming. We need to understand that because sometimes it may seem, oh, Shirad is dying. That's tragic. That shouldn't be happening. But the background of that is, it has to do with some type of fullness that creates some necessity and that plays out in the dynamics of the Leela union separation. And, but beyond the external form, that's Ananda Mai, full of Ananda, says Krishna Das Kaviraj. Mahi Bhisa Jalahoy Bitare Ananda Mai. Krishna Premier Advut Charit. Madan Gopal likes that verse, especially two words, and especially how our Guru Maharaj pronounces them. <laughs> externally, divine love seems like poison, but internally it's Ananda, full of Ananda. So, mm. Mm. Um, so I, I could ask a question. Uh, um, it may be a broad topic, but because um, you talked about Shimati Radharani then taking on the mood of the Dadmar and serving like that. So what are what is one of the one or two of the primary differences maybe between how she's serving Krishna versus how Gadadhar is maybe supporting Mahaprabhu's mood? Like mm -hmm. not I know that's a vast topic, but mm -hmm. like just to yeah. highlight the <clears throat> Yeah, of course that again to, to understand how Gadhadar is serving Mahaprabhu is important to understanding which mood Mahaprabhu is in. That's why I made the whole introduction of what take what took to the Gaur Lila, why Krishna appears as Mahaprabhu, which is the purpose behind, which is the necessity behind. Because when we understand that, immediately we understand what's Gadhadar's role there, because it means he's fully identified with making that happen, basically. Of course, how that plays itself out in practice. It has to do again with the mood of the Lila, the particular dynamic in which Mahaprabhu is. Hmm? 
for example, I don't know, Gadadhar on a daily basis gives Bhagavat Kata. We have the Srimad Bhagavatam lectures every day. Prabhupada established that on the basis of the eternal dynamics in, in, in Nityanavadu. Gadadhar giving, teaching Bhagavatam, rather teaching Bhagavatam to Krishna. You want to be in that class. I mean, I don't know if you want to be. That will be intense again. <laughs> you may sit not in the first human being. <laughs> so, is, is Sirada teaching Krishna Bhagavatam? <clears throat> and what's Bhagavatam? As my Guru, Guru Maharaj will say, Bhagavatam is not about Krishna. Bhagavatam is about love for Krishna. <clears throat> so, Sirada is Krishna's Guru in that connection. Amishisha Guru Nath Radhikar Premun Math. He says in I'm, she's my guru and I'm going to her university to her school prem, and I'm a dancing puppet and she makes her prem makes me dance so many incredible dances that's how Krishna's own abhiman self-consideration who are you are interviewing Krishna who are you I'm a dancing puppet in the love school of Sarada <laughs> he will so I mean if you if someone asks you who is Krishna you say that he will be so happy if you say he's the absolute supreme control, okay. <laughs> but if you say that, say like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that's one of the roles in those type of lectures. Sirad is teaching Krishna's gore how to culture that love. And eventually, as we know, when Mahaprabhu is progressing in, his, in this exercise of, of tasting Radha Bab that is growing exponentially in, in the unfolding of the Leela, on earthly lila I'm referring here, at one point that other pandit can no longer be there close to Mahaprabhu. And that's when Mahaprabhu retires to the Gambira, Gadadhar pandit remains in Tautu Gopinath, but sending the two uh, coach uh, facilitators, <laughs> Ramananda Roy, mm. Swarup Damodar, hmm? Lalita Bishaka to teach in the close. Because, yeah, Gadadhar has to take some distance because in the words of Srila Siddhar Maharaj, hmm? Gadalpan is emptying himself out more and more. But of course, if properly understood, that emptiness represents the topmost fullness. Sometimes he's poetically described as an empty bag. Silas Ras will say, and it seems like empty bag, that doesn't sound like great glorification. But it speaks about the, the disposition, the disposition of sacrificing himself to Mahaprabhu is successful. So, in the distance, he's monitoring, you say. And of course, in the in, inner world, Gadadhar Pandit is witnessing whatever is going on in the Gambira, but he can no longer be there. Because Mahaprabhu is becoming more and more Radha, Radha, Radha. And that's why sometimes Gadadhar is described as Rukmini, or some lessened, lessened, you say, this mean, yeah. diminished forms of Radha, because, I mean, still Radha, but sharing. In a diminished way, but the diminishing is... I mean, if you understand the full context of what she's doing to be diminished, the only thing that happens is that Gadara starts to shine more and more brightly. Because the more, our Guru Maharaj finished his sacred preface book like this, when Mahaprabhu reaches the peak and he shares Radhabhav fully, if you will, if you, if you can say fully, <laughs> that happens in the last verse of the Sikshastakam. Sikshastakam is the last chapter of Gorlila, if you will, the last chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, ending with Sikshastakam, the very last verse, <clears throat> etc. Krishna Dakarada said, This verse was spoken by Sri Radha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. 
Mahaprabhu made it. The whole purpose for his Leela was successful. And everyone will be like, Jai, Jai Gorchandra, he did it, he did it. But if properly understood, the role of Gadadhar, who has at this moment totally disappeared behind the curtain, and you don't hear anything about Gadadhar Pandit, almost anything along the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita, but at this point, nothing totally disappeared, but allowing all that to happen. So if properly understood, if you have a, a taste for indirect speech and all this stuff, you will understand, oh my gosh, if properly understood, the glory of Gadadhar outshines Mahaprabhu, even in this moment of topmost no, relishing of Radhabhat, because Gadadhar is allowing that to happen. But it's totally hiding into the background. That's the natural humility of Sri Radha also. She doesn't want to be seen like, I'm the great devotee, whatever. No? But allowing all that to happen. Mm? So, mm. so that's a really... So much integrity is there. So much mm. nobility is there. I mean, without Gadadhar Pandi, we have no Gorlila, strictly speaking. Gorlila will be another failure. <laughs> and I don't think Krishna was ready to, to a second failure after the, the one in, in Braj. So... Shirada's Gadadhar made, made that to happen. So that's why Bhakti Nautakur and, and all our Acharyas pay that, that special respect in that direction. Something else, some other question or commentary, contribution? I have a question. Yes. Your name? I really appreciate the concept you presented about identifying or trying to identify <coughs> a need of Krishna's in order to identify our own identity in service. And I'm wondering how we can maintain and cultivate humility in that process um, to not think, to not get prideful of, oh, I'm needing a need of Krishna's or he needs me for this. Mm-hmm. How to maintain humility and grace in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, <clears throat> the ideas that I was shared at the same time are really high. No, it's not something that we can just press a button and, and I'm already there attending all the needs of the Absolute. And, 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 no, I mean, we have to begin somewhere and con- to have the concept already helps and, and to accept, as, as, as Amritan Am said, like, okay, yeah, where God has needs, no? but out of fullness and out of love, so legal needs, <laughs> proper needs. But as you mentioned, how in, in the context of like processing that, not to feel like he needs me. Mm-hmm. But he needs me, strictly speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fact. Of course, I need also, it's, 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 it's two side streets. So I will say that's a, the main thing. I mean, that's love. Lo- love is like... Reciprocal. Exactly, reciprocal. So it's, I need you, you need me. It's not that you only need me. That will be like dysfunctional psychology or emotional. Like, all of you need me. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no? The Swami has ate the, the cake of Pratista fully. <laughs> he didn't leave any single part for anyone. <laughs> so, so I think, of course, again, my point is we cannot just imitate and just, okay, now, from now on, only God, God only needs me. It's not vice versa. No, no. I mean, we are sadhakas. Have to realize how needy we are also. But again, in a proper context, not because we can say I'm so needy, but identifying ourselves with not our real needs, 
Because the fact that we say I need something doesn't mean that's your real necessity. You follow? I mean, we feel we need so many things. But how many of those things are real, really necessary? <laughs> so that's the process of sadhaka. I mean, I have all these needs and I'm being educated about anukulyasana kalpa pratikulyasi varjanam. Accepting what's real, favorable to my project of loving relationship with God. That trying to understand that's my real need. Of course, you cannot force that. You may understand, I don't know, still in my stage I have this need that I know that in eternity I shouldn't have. <laughs> but it's not that by saying that you have transcended everything. Still you may need to deal with that in some way. And it's okay. I mean, it's not like a crime. It's not like from now on only identify with what Krishna wants. <clears throat> because there is place for your will, ultimately, also. As my Guru Maharaj will say in, in Golok Vrindavan, <clears throat> one devotee likes bananas and the other devotee likes mangoes. And it's not that whatever you like, Krishna, that's my favorite fruit. No, they will say, I like this, and I like, I like this, and take, oh, take, oh, I like that. Excuse, no? so, but again, not in the context of <laughs> selfish enjoyment. That's, that's, that's the whole identity of service that came up. But we are not there, so... Yeah, I will say that point. I mean, you, you, in theory, you know, God has needs. I would like to, to prepare myself to be, to get closer to that reality. I, I, find, I find it charming. I like the, the prospect. It's nice. I'm not there. You cannot just like imitate that. But you know it's like that. It works like that. That's a very charming prospect. But, okay, that's where I want to go, where I want to be. Again, as we always say. But I, where I am now, the goal to attain my present situation so you can establish the path to, to thread from one point to the other. So we gave the example of the GPS the other day. You have to put, I want to go here and I am here. And then he will say, you have to do this. <laughs> it will take this. <laughs> so, so we have to also be really honest because sometimes in the name of, I, I only want to identify with Krishna's needs. We may be evasive also <laughs> because we may have so many needs that we need to acknowledge or so many fears as we spoke today that we need to acknowledge before trying to exclusively identify with Krishna's needs so sometimes we have to satisfy our own needs even though it may seem selfish in the context of someday fully identifying with Krishna's needs so if we bear in mind what's the goal we want to attain even we will satisfy our relative needs or whatever maybe you want to put but having that goal in mind so okay I need to be a, a balanced human being at this present moment I, need, I, I don't want to be dysfunctional so I need this to be in place I need I don't know house a family I need this experience I need whatever sex life taboo taboo word no I should mention that <laughs> silence <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that me as a sannyasi. <laughs> Just in case. I'm giving an example which maybe most may identify with. And you need, you need to figure out how I can satisfy those needs in such a way that all that eventually converges into that exclusive, absolute obsessionate, healthily obsessionate absorption in what Krishna needs. And it may sound disconnected, like, but what has to do your sex life with 
But if you have that in mind and you are properly doing the things with sincerity and proper education, you will be getting closer to that. It may take some time, but no rush. <laughs> yeah, it feels like what you were saying in the beginning about integration. Mm-hmm, exactly. So yeah, we need to integrate. Integrate means... Love is described as, as moving in a crooked way. It's a love moves like a snake, Rupa Goswami says. Many things can be said in that regard, of course. But Srila Sermaras wants to say something very nice. He says, of course you can say love is like a snake because it's unpredictable. It's not like a straight line. That you know, okay, it's going here and I will find it in this line here. No, it's going there and there and there. <laughs> You have to be ready for those dynamics. Krishna's flute call. You don't know where he will call. Next flute call will be here. You go there. Flute is calling there. It's calling there. But also you can say love moves in a crooked way in a sense that Sila Samara said it means that love on on its progress it's embracing everything that is on its path. It's not leaving anything out of the path. It's integrating everything. Moment like a snake. <laughs> because if you go like this, so many things are left behind here and there. But if you go like this, you don't want to leave any, anything out of your project. No? Because that project is so, uh, yeah, so deep, so broad, that it has the capacity of including everything in it, of integ- integrating everything in it. Easier said than done, and sometimes in practice we may have some. Okay, how to do this, how to... But okay, that's a struggle of... Healthy struggle of the sadhakals. <clears throat> that's glorious. Even though it may seem embarrassing, <laughs> it's in the context of reaching that goal. So it's glorious. Yeah, for sure. I mean, rest assured that you will have so many opportunities to be humble. <laughs> All of us, not only you. Huh? Krishna will be... <laughs> I mean, we know it. I, mean, I don't need to explain detail. Right? So the embarrassing chapters are coming one after the other. So you realize who you are, where you are, but where you want to be also. I mean, if you are sincere in those embarrassing moments, it's not like I forgot totally the goal. But actually, hopefully, that fire becomes more, more intensified. Jai Krishna Chaitanya. Yeah. <laughs> Krishna Chaitanya, Krishna consciousness has appeared. Shri <laughs> Krishna Chaitanya. So, yeah. Okay, something else? Well, I, yes. I just had this um, thought when you were saying about how in the spiritual realm there's, you know, they like different fruits and one person likes bananas. Hmm. So I, I just had this thought that. This idea of um, not having individualism that can come kind of from spiritual uh, groups, maybe. Like, is this actually a more Maya body um, distinction? Like, not having this individualism? Well, I don't want to call you Maya Vadi, but <laughs> I mean, the fullest phase of of being individual will flourish during the lila, no? So, and I, and I know that 
in some stages of our practice we, we, we may land more to the negative side of this not, this not, this is not, this is not, this is relative maya, neti neti. But Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta say, be careful with neti neti because too much neti neti mm-hmm. will throw you into Brahma Jyoti. Exactly. And you will be remaining there. This not, this not, this not. No, no, no. But what about yes, yes, yes? Let's no. <laughs> so say, Om means a big yes. That what I'm looking for exists and there is something positive. So, <clears throat> so yeah, our individuality will be really uh, validated, fully validated in, in the Lila. I mean, that's where we will be individual from tip to toe and doesn't mean, again, I have no will, I have no agency, I have no wish. I mean, there you will have more desires than what you can even, ever, ever conceive. I mean, we think now we have desires. <laughs> we may say, I'm full of desires. You don't have a clue how much you will be full of desires over there. But they will be totally expressed in, in another, with another center, basically. No? So all the things that you say, you say now, oh, I suffer so much. You don't have a clue. <laughs> what will, you will suffer there. But with another center. So be careful of not projecting your subjective experience of suffering here, there. I mean, you will suffer there more than here. But the subjective quality of the suffering will be totally different because Krishna will be in the center. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Krishna is not in the center here, but the point is, with Krishna in the center, even suffering is, is sweet. I know, I know it's, this is maybe difficult for us to, <laughs> to understand and still we may have this notion that I want to stop suffering. And all this things may create, as we spoke the other day, and this moksha, some scars, and I want to get freed from the negative. But at the end of the day, we know that's not our path. <laughs> and if you want that, better you join the Gyan Mark. There are so many abatings over there, over here. Imagine even North Carolina. But, <laughs> but our path is really the opposite, if you will. Full of desire, full of everything, but... It seems like what we are experiencing now, but it's aprakrita. It seems prakrita, but it's aprakrita. It's supra mundane, supra transcendental. So, so yeah, our real individuality will. I mean, it's as sadak as we are starting to have a glimpse of who we are, who we can be, and all that will keep like confirming and flourishing more and more as we get closer to. Our, we will have a whole criterion. And the sides, but interestingly, all that will be totally aligned and in harmony with the movement of the lila, because everything works for for Krishna's pleasure. There, I mean, there's there's no second option, if you will, in that connection. Do I please Krishna or not? Everything is there. Every atom is in that. Con- but in the context of that, everyone has will and, and chooses. It's not that okay. So the only option I have is to please Krishna. I, don't, I have no more will. No, in the context of three inclusion, you have so many options, and so your will can. I mean, try to analyze analyze our situation as conditioned souls. We express our will without Krishna, if you will. And there is so much nuance and ways that we can do so many things and this and that without Krishna. So the individuality is nuanced, and you do this, that, if you will, conditioned sense of identity. So what to speak? Well, that's properly expressed with the center, and so much more possibilities will be there. I mean, there's no end. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, in one way, that's this idea of negation of individuality in the ultimate realm is a form of impersonalism because yeah, and there are so many varieties of we were speaking the other day of impersonalism. I mean, that's the greatest. I mean, we have to really take the time to to understand why our charis spoke so strongly against that. Not only because of what we think. <laughs> officially merging into Brahman that's yeah but there are so many implica- implications of that that even play out as, as in, in our life as Sadakas I was sharing the other day I shared I don't know I, I, I shared a quote yesterday or the day before yesterday from but it was in Spanish but I think Facebook translated things in, immediately into the local language right? so maybe some of you read it from Purnachandra Swami <clears throat> He's a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, but he passed away some years back. Sorry? He was a very wonderful personality. Okay. Krishna Priya says that? (laughs) That's a fact. So he wrote one book that I really like a lot. I recommend if you would like to read it. It's called Unspoken Obstacles in the Path of Bhakti. Tempting title. (laughs) (laughs) Unspoken Obstacles in the Path of Bhakti. So in the context of one section, he speaks about impersonalism institutions and how you can be a Mayabad by remaining in an institution like one more face, just one face in the crowd without criterion, without will, without volition, without opinion and just like a mediocre and conformist, you say? Mm-hmm. That's a form of Sayuja. Mm-hmm. You are merging into the crowd. <laughs> You have all these people, the masses, and you just merge your face there. And whatever the masses go, say, yeah, no, yeah, and go here. That's a form of impersonalism. That's a variety of that. It's not necessarily that you have to say, Ambramasmi, and I want to merge into that officially. I mean, you maybe officially say, I want to go to Golobrindam. But still, so many shades of Mayabad are there. Sunjabad are there. Atheism, nihil, nihilism. I mean, I mean, it's not so easy to get rid of all those, the forms those things take. <clears throat> but we are, we are on the path, so we remain <laughs> faithful that everything will be in place. But we have to be ready to, to yeah, to find those things also. Not to be so sure that I'm already free from that, I already know what's this, what's that. I already know what's Maya about, and eventually you realize, oh no, oh my God, I, I, I'm I'm that. In this particular form, I never thought of. <laughs> I'm discovering this variety of impersonalism, like lingering in, in, in my own mind. So, again, not to over-identify with that, but to acknowledge that <laughs> and do something about that. Because we have to know, like you're saying, <coughs> what, what to put in the GPS. Mm-hmm. We have to yeah. yeah. Just, you know, blindly go and maybe, because it's easier, right? Moksha, the path of moksha is easier. Mm. Krishna can be like, sure, you want moksha. Mm. That's easier than. Yeah, yeah, in one sense one can say Kleshudikata, Rastasham, Vyakta Shakta, Chitasam is more difficult than Susukam Kartumabhyam, but I, I get your point, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I agree that when we play in the GPS, the GPS will tell us, as you would say, GPS also can mean Guru Parampara system. <laughs> and they will tell us not only from here to here, this is the distance, 
and this is the time, but this is what you will find in, on the way. This is a, a hole here, a tiger there, <laughs> no? and, and all this Mayabad and stuff brightest in us are part of those things. So our guides will, our guardians will, will be ready to point them. I mean, and we, we have to be ready to, to allow those points to, to happen in ourselves. Because maybe your guru is not that will go and tell you, I know you have this bright, this shade of impersonalism here. <laughs> maybe that won't, won't happen, but maybe he's speaking about that. And if you are sincerely hearing, he's, he's saying that to you by way of identification. So you, you cannot expect, oh, my guru has to do every, all, this, all the work. It has to come and point, do you have this and this? And, no, you have to be sincere. And if you hear sincerely, all the answers will come and fit in the perfect place. That's the half of the question that the sissy has to do, the disciple. <laughs> do not give the, the guru the, the 100% burden of, in the name of, you are so great and I'm so fallen, <laughs> because that can help. And so, fallen, Guru, they all, he will say, oh, you do something also. <laughs> I mean, if you want to serve me, I mean, do your, your part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a little bit worried sometimes. The people will be afraid when the subject comes up about, oh, there's so much more suffering, you know, in Prema. <clears throat> That's when you realize that you were just dreaming suffering. You were suffering in your mind, but the real suffering of the soul is love. And so I, uh, Everyone became serious when I say that, just yeah. in case. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to, I felt like, maybe to soften the, the image, because yeah, if we don't please. understand what you're saying, it can be like there's an image of like eternity is going to be worse suffering than anything you can imagine, because that's what love is. Mm. And I think that it's important, like, what you're saying about where's the greatest need, Mm-hmm. And that's the prakatvi, that there's like a bridge, you know, there's our world of samsara, where we're miserably suffering our own egocentrism, and then there's nitya where it's just pure premananda, you know, there's not much suffering, separation there actually. If Krishna's passing in the forest and goes behind a tree, that moment Radhika will feel some intense separation, her sati will catch her waist so she doesn't faint, mm-hmm. just from that. But then the next moment Krishna comes out the other side of the tree and it's okay. It's not like going to Mathura. Mm-hmm. To do it's not like burning Yuga yeah. for 80 years. Right? Mm-hmm. The second is a Yuga. <clears throat> so this Prakadvila is like, in this world, they who are full of love and happiness, they come to taste the perfection of suffering. Mm-hmm. In Prakadvila, because this is the world of that. Not <clears throat> we're in this world of suffering. The perfection of our suffering is empathy with them. Mm-hmm. You have needs, so how can I feel... Uh, you can't serve someone if you don't have empathy. Oh, can I bring you a cool towel for your head, but you don't feel with them? Mm. Compassion means I suffer passion with you. So the perfection of God's taste of love of suffering is this prakatlila. And the perfection of our suffering, we've like been working with suffering for millions of lifetimes, but we don't really know how to suffer artfully. We don't mm. know how to like get the PhD, like mm. bear the fruit of what is suffering. is mm. love. You know? We don't know how to crack that egg and come out. And this is like the bridge, you know, they come to suffer perfect, loving suffering. And if we, like in our sadhana in this life, focus more on that. I want to be there so that I can perfect suffering by serving your suffering. Mm. Then it's done. Mm. It's not that the nitya that will be so much suffering. It's like we need one lifetime to be born in the manifest pastime to know what is really pain. Like mm-hmm. seeing how the suffering is <coughs> boiling the yamuna in separation, see how Radhika is burning the chandan. 
come with them and we have to live that with them and then bond, you know, it's like when wax melts and you come together mm -hmm. and bond the heart with the nitisitas by suffering with them. Mm. Solidarity. Then it's then it's done. This intense suffering is like I think we're suffering here because we haven't perfected the art. Mm. So it's, I was just thinking when you're saying that, yeah, about what you said about where is God's need. And the Nitilila is it's something else, but there's it's really to focus on taking birth in the Prakatlila, perfect our own suffering, and be really useful because anything you do for someone who's in pain, like Thakur Bhagavanod says, Vrindavan is for shallow thinkers. Mm. I want to do bhajan on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. No. Yeah. But also, if you get into the Nitya Lila, but the Prakat Lila continues playing out in, continuously, and those will go again to the Prakat Lila. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly. I, I appreciate your point, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. But also, I, yeah, I agree that it's not that you get to the Nitya Lila and there's no more Prakat Lila. That's my point. But you will go to the Prakat Lila, yeah, having gone through the first Prakat Lila, if you will. And yeah, at the end, I, I will say that we can speak so much about suffering and because it's not the suffering you think, but the more you, we have to get closer to, to the reality of love. You know, that, that will like, really help to, to get the real insight. Of, I mean, if you don't love, you won't understand someone who is loving. If you don't go mad, you won't understand someone who is crazy, basically. <laughs> but, but yeah, Prakat Lila is a crucial bridge, if you will. That's why Vishwanath Chakravat Thakur says, even if you achieve Prem in this lifetime, you have to go there first before entering into the Africa and to imbibe those samskar from mainly in separation on earth from the need to see this. So. You were joking, no? But this, if I chant 16 rounds and keep the four we get it from the go back home, back to Godhead like that, but never we talk about this missing piece of like, you have to go to the Prakatlila, you have to take birth in Krishna's mm -hmm. pastime. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing with our life is preparing to be able to digest that kind of suffering, that mm -hmm. separation, mm -hmm. to be able to be useful there also, to keep our head and not just be like completely uneducated, you step into a PhD mm. love situation mm. and you're just like still so full of egocentrism because you never, were always afraid of your suffering in this life, mm. always just, I would just want suffering and like comfort and convenience, mm. we'll never cross the bridge at the Prakatlila because we're not useful there, it would be annoying, like Ah, you're just like, your presence is like salt in a wound. Can you just shut up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Die, Krishna! <laughs> yeah. It will take time, so... No rush, again. So that's why I will say the process in itself is it's joyful, so we are not like in a hurry up to get somewhere, but we want to really get wherever we have to get and ready to pay the price required for really arriving at this moment and, and really be of service there and not something else, something less than that. Thank you. Something else before finishing? I think we are almost in time, but I think we can finish here. Today, tomorrow we will continue with here also, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we continue with the last verse tomorrow. That will be also very special closing to this five series Given, five verses given by Sri Thakur Bhaktivinoda. So hopefully, see you tomorrow. Sila Gurudev ki jai. Shriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Harinam Sankirtan ki jai. Sri Thakur Bhaktivinoda ki jai. Sila Galar Pandit ki jai. Shri Mahabhagavan ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Pramanda ki jai.